Welcome to the next episode of the After Hours Podcast. In today's episode, Frankie and Joey talk to Hunter Fuchs about his experience with Johnny's Tavern. If you're trying to go pro in a National Pong League, you're definitely going to want to go to one of Johnny Tavern's Pong tournaments. You can hear all about that in this episode, so sit back, get comfortable, and grab a cold one with the boys for another After Hours interview. How you doing, Johnny? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, another beautiful day here on the eastern shore. Uh, nice, uh, blistering, balmy, about 95 degrees a day, and uh, the AC's cranking. We got uh, uh, the beer's cold ice down, and uh, we got a few people outside the restaurant right now. Right on. That's awesome. So the name is Johnny's Tavern. Your name is not Johnny. I've made this mistake before. <laughs> um, how did you come into ownership of Johnny's Tavern? And my uncle uh, was the one who was a prior owner too, and he owned it for about six years. I was, uh, I'd heard through the grapevine that he possibly was uh, wanting to get out of the uh, the business and industry. And I went over to my dad and I was like, hey, look, uh, here's what I've heard. Um, what do you think about this? I, I wanted a project that I could uh, do in my side time because uh, of my other main job that I do. And so I went to Darren and I was like, hey, look, what do you got, man? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm wanting to get out of it. Uh, and him and I came to some terms. We sat down, we talked about it, talked it out, and uh, we came to an agreement. And after jumping through a bunch of hoops of paperwork and uh, forming up LLCs, liquor license transferred over, bulk transfer, everything over to our names, um, and then the dozens of vendors that we use um, on a daily, day, day-to-day, week-to-week basis, we were... Uh, we took ownership of April 17th of 2019. Very nice. What were you uh, doing prior? Uh, prior to, I'm aviation. I'm all strictly aviation guru. My father and the whole entire family, their background is concrete construction. Uh, so as I, was, as I was younger growing up, I was in the concrete construction industry, but also had a, a, my love for aviation as well. So I kind of chose to work smarter, not harder kind of theory. And I wanted to use my brain versus uh, tear my body up in the uh, pulling concrete around. So did the aviation route. And uh, so I'm buzzing around the skies when I'm not there at the restaurant. That's awesome, Hunter. So what did, what exactly did you do uh, in the aviation industry? I fly for a, I'm a captain of a Lear 45. I'm a uh, fly for a private uh, corporation based up in Philadelphia area. Um, we basically just fly the, uh, the owners, uh, the executives of the company, the different meetings, the family members. Um, we do do charter on the side. So basically charters like a Uber airplane. So we'll go somewhere, pick someone up and uh, take them to point B, uh, where they want to go. And we do it safely and uh, efficiently as best we can. Right on. That's very interesting. Do you think that'll be uh, Uber's new, uh, new rollout is a little aviation action or what? They've tried actually, um, Uber tried to get into the aviation thing and do the whole Uber airplane. Um, since they're, they're pretty much have their, uh, their, their hands and everything else that they do, um, as far as travel and trucking and I mean, you got boats and stuff for Uber, I mean, travel, but it's great. Um, but no, I don't think Uber's going to get into aviation as much because it's kind of more dominated now by the charter, private charter companies. I mean, there have multiple charter companies all over the place. So if Uber something that big to tap into an uh, aviation industry, they would really have to jump through and undercut a lot of people that are out there trying to make it. So there's too many, there's too many private corporations that will, will dominate Uber, I believe. Right. Well said. When did you take ownership of the bar? And, you know, you're relatively new. What are some, uh, some unforeseen struggles that you didn't think would be a problem? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like I said, my background's all aviation. I've never served a plate of food, a beer, or a drink to somebody unless they're in my family room um, for a family occasion. So it was a completely new industry getting into, tapping into, uh, learning the lingo, learning the slang. But uh, like any business, though, you look at the P&L sheets, profit loss, and you can see where things can be more efficiently run. You can see where things can be improved. Uh, where can I cut costs? That was my main thing going into this is um, where can I cut costs back to not be cheap, but to get a good deal? Since there is two differences there. Um, you don't want to be cheap with things because people are going to notice you're cheap. You want to get a good deal and stuff. So 
Uh, for example, electric bill, I've cut that down in half just by signing a contract with a, uh, uh, a third party uh, energy company at a fixed rate. Um, we've uh, looked around for different uh, distributors or as a local seafood or meat or produce, just things like that, just to see, hey, am I getting the best deal out there? Because Johnny's Tavern, we do stand by our food. We do stand by our, um, uh, our local uh, recipes and for crabs and crab dip and such, and our burgers are good. So we didn't want to mess that up because those are the staples of the place. But yeah, going into it was more of a complete bar rescue, uh, like uh, like you see on the marathons they play on TV. Um, but it's just like my own little bar rescue. Just hopped in, got to it, um, put my head forward, and it's been a year and a half, coming up in a year and a half now of a little bit of hardships, a little bit of stuff breaking, trying to put in place standardization organizational skills and measures that I use in the aviation industry, I can bring them over into the bar uh, restaurant and be able to uh, hold people accountable, do their jobs well, efficiently, and, uh, and also safely as well, uh, back there in the kitchen as well, as well as out in the front. That's awesome. So being in Maryland, uh, what type of food do you guys have at your, uh, at Johnny's Tavern? Yeah, we're bar and grill. Uh, style. So uh, we're known for our Johnny's burger. You've got to have a cheeseburger when you come by. Uh, it is phenomenal. But uh, we have soft crabs. We're known for that as well. Crab dip, crab balls, crab cakes. Well, we named something <laughs> called the doco, which is a uh, chicken breast, a grilled chicken breast with a crab cake on top of it uh, as a sandwich. So stuff like that. We also have a few steaks. And then our biggest seller is on Friday nights. You can come in starting at five o'clock and we have prime rib that we prep and marinate all day long and people drive for miles to come to Johnny's Tavern to have this mouthwatering prime rib and two sides for 24 bucks. So the uh, prior owner, Darren, uh, my uncle, he was the one who started this and my theory is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So we've just kind of kept on going on Friday nights with it. Man, my mouth is watering just hearing that. So yeah, anybody that's in Maryland, got to check them out. I know when I visit, got to stop by. Definitely. Definitely look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds so good. What is something that you take pride in, in Johnny's Tavern that you think other people are lacking? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Um, I take pride in being able to be the, a, a really good boss. Um, really good employer to bring everyone together. The first day that I sat down with everybody, my father and I, um, we sat down last year. I said, this is a family. Look to your person to your left. Look to the person to your right. This is a family. We either make it as a family or we break it as a family. So I take pride in being able to not alienate a single person. And um, I try to build each person up uh, so if someone's failing or someone's not doing well. So, I mean, obviously you bring stuff in from home, your home life. I like pulling someone aside. Hey, how you doing? What's going on at home? Are you okay? Can I help you? So I actually care about my employees um, as if they were family to me. Uh, obviously there's some hardships we go through and stuff, but that's something I really do take pride in is my employees. That's awesome, Hunter. Have you had most of the same employees since you've opened? Yes. Yes, uh, I've kept everybody on. Um, kept uh, I promoted a few people uh, to uh, manager, and I want to give a shout out to Brian Kemp, my awesome general manager of Johnny's Tavern. Uh, we just promoted him uh, two months ago, and he is rocking it out. Um, people come from all over to see Brian. He's another staple of the place. Uh, Juice is my manager. We call him Juice. He's in the back there in the uh, in the kitchen. If they're listening to this, obviously they're going to love this shout out here, but. Uh, they want to, uh, they, they really make the place really good. People ask me sometimes, hey, is Juice on tonight? Is he cooking tonight? And I'll say, yeah, yeah, he is. Um, or, hey, when's Brian working? And I say, well, Brian's working Thursdays and he works on the weekends. And they come in just to get a laugh from Brian because he is the, the, the prankster, jokester. He will cut up with you and he is an awesome guy. So, yeah. That's I, awesome. It sounds like you're a really great staff. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, um, yeah. besides that, everyone else, I've kept everyone on just about on. We've, we've lost a few. We gained a few, but uh, they've all been for uh, good causes. 
I think that's a testament to uh, your employer skills because, you know, in the food and beverage industry, it's pretty high turnover uh, compared to other industries. So um, congrats, uh, Brian. Shout out to you, man. Sound like you're, you're a beast. Juice too. Yeah, and juice. Yeah. So I know last time when I talked to you, Hunter, you guys said that you guys were going to do something out on the lake uh, for 4th of July. How did that go? Man, oh, I wanted to do that so bad. But what happened was the tide did not really want to go in our favor that day. I loaded the DJ up, loaded all this equipment up. I was going to promote Johnny's Tavern by having some a DJ out on the beach on the sandbar that we all go to, and we park boats at. And I was just going to say, hey, look, Johnny's Tavern is sponsored by them, just to get the name out there, just letting everyone know that, hey, we're still around. We still care about you. Even during this whole COVID thing going on, we're still open. We still like seeing everybody. We do karaoke some nights. Um, obviously, social distancing and all that stuff that applies. But we're able to do that. So that, that was the whole concept of it. But the tide became extremely high that day. And there wasn't enough dry beach to be able to set the DJ up. So we ended up scrapping it. Damn, that's super unfortunate. But I love the innovation. And yeah, yeah, see we continue. I've heard that Johnny's Tavern is home to a lot of different events, ping pong tournaments, karaoke's, uh, car shows. Do you guys take pride in all the different events you guys have? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's all about the events. Um, it, I like seeing the, uh, the local community come out and enjoy themselves like seeing smiles on people's faces like i said they enjoy the food they enjoy the drinks as well um but to be able to put on and host an event for someone um to see people have fun like the uh the palm the beer palm tournament i mean it was uh 10 bucks per head or 20 a team they come in and they uh they it's just kind of like your college style uh beer palm ping pong uh pong ball but we can, obviously we can't use alcohol beer we use the water but uh, at the end of the the, uh, the tournament, then whoever uh, wins it takes the pot from the uh, entry fee. So the best thing is there is they can have a few drinks. They can have something to eat since they're there. Then we benefit off it. They have fun. They benefit off it. They can win some money. It's great. But uh, the car show, we have a huge car show every year. Uh, the former owner, Darren, he was at uh, the, he did his fifth one last year. This year was supposed to be sixth, the sixth annual car show, but that got postponed due to COVID. That was originally scheduled for April 5th, and right now it's on the calendar for September 27th, but that might have to get pushed back to next year. So we're kind of a bummer. We're kind of holding our breath on that. But yeah, the events-wise, uh, love events. I love doing events. Love hosting stuff. Um, we're, we have a huge parking lot. And we have a pretty good inside area room, so we can uh, we can definitely articulate everything's around to uh, to make it uh, versatile and multi-purpose. What are some of the best cars that you've seen come through? Oh, you know what? It's gonna be a crazy, crazy answer. But I've actually never been to any of the Johnny's Tavern car shows. <laughs> never been to it, seriously. So now the plan was this past year, I was gonna get my uncle to come in. It's like, hey man, can you help me out with this because you've made it work. This is the first one for me. I've never even attended as even as a patron just because every year I've been busy. So I was kind of like bumping him on the shoulder going, hey, man, you want to come back in and get the band back together and uh, help me out? <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the beer pong tournament sounds fun. If Frankie and I ever ever get down there to catch that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> some free money. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, free cash. Do you uh do you notice that it's like a lot of younger patrons that come in for that event, or is it people of all ages? Yeah, the, of course the beer pong definitely the younger college um, age, kind of my age, age group. I mean, I'm 28 doing this, so uh, so yeah, more of my age group and under is uh, the beer pong champs. They have been to see more turn out. Yeah, being 28 and uh, being a bar owner, that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, I know most people that we've talked to are usually a little bit older than that. So yeah. congrats, man. It sounds like you had a really good thing going there. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that a lot. Really do. Mm -hmm. And we were, so we were talking about drinks. If somebody comes to Johnny's Tavern, what drinks should they get? Mm. Well, we, uh, man, we, we have a drink menu that we kind of had fun with and formatted around, um, couple of the drink names is uh, the drink that I had last time because uh, uh, people obviously, they, they like, hey, I don't, don't know what it is, but it's either that. So, yeah, give me the drink I had last time. Um, something fruity. That was another name of a drink. Give me something fruity. Just the common terms that people normally use at a bar or like another good one. I don't care. 
So that's the drink. <laughs> so when people come up there and they walk up, they sit down, they go, ah, I don't know, pour me something fruity. And, and it's easy for the bartender. They're like, okay, coming right up. And they're like, wait, what? What did I just order? So it's kind of a catch-22. Had, we had a little fun with the drink menu. So those are a couple of good ones. Uh, we have Johnny's Punch that we do in-house. It's our own little secret uh, little recipe there. But, uh, yeah, good drinks. Obviously, all the beer that you can think of um, in the world uh, just about – but, or at least I take that back. You probably want to edit that. All the beer that is domestic, common uh, for beer, we don't have, we're not like World of Beer that has 200 caps or anything like that. We're nothing that crazy. But uh, um, your main stuff you can get with us, uh, domestics and imports. So we do have some drafts, bottles and cans, and uh, it's a small selection of wine. But as far as liquor goes, I mean, we've got a pretty deep selection of liquor. We're on top of that stuff. A lot of good mixed drinks. Right on. What's your favorite drink? <laughs> Mine. I'm very common. Uh, I'll either do a Michelob Ultra in the 10-ounce can if I want to chill out for the night, or if I want to turn it up a notch, I will personally do a Grey Goose and Sprite and just call it a night. I don't get all crazy myself, uh, and, and I, I don't get into it that uh, that deep with it. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty plain Jane. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Can't go wrong with uh, Grey Goose and some Sprite. So. Ah, no. yeah. What about you guys? What's your drinks? Uh, I like dark spirits. I usually just go with like uh, Jack and Coke or, you know, like Crown on the Rocks or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah, for me, it's probably Crown and Coke if I'm going liquor. And if I'm going beer, uh, Corona. Nice. Okay. Right on. And yeah, if I had to pick a beer, I'm probably going to go Budweiser. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I just started drinking a Budweiser the other day. I had a couple. It's actually more of a sweeter beer in a way. I am actually might be converting over pretty soon to Budweiser. So. That's awesome. So what's what's like the common drink in the, the East Coast area? Is there anything like specific to the East Coast? Uh, I know for at least Johnny's, we sell more Milk Globe Ultra and Bud Light um then then i'd say three quarters of the bars combined around here i mean we really get rid of severe we go through a lot of Michelob ultra and bud lights um it's just it's insane for us being a little bar in the middle of east new market in the middle of the county that it's just it's crazy what we go through um and our beer distributor so my beer distributor told me that as well coming from him i was like you're kidding <laughs> it's like nope nope you all sell the hell out of some Michelob ultra and some bud Light. So that's kind of like the thing around here. Everyone just kind of sticks with that general stuff. Um, as far as the East Coast drink, yeah, I don't – man, you got me there. I mean, everyone's a little bit different. they got different stuff. For Johnny's Tavern, um, you guys have been in operation for – well, you've been the owner now for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody else is going to take on the entrepreneurial journey and open up their own bar, what is something you would advise them? Research, homework. And more research. Uh, make sure that you know you're getting the best deal that you can. Don't be scared to negotiate uh, with people. Um, for example, our uh, French fries. We have two options of French fries. We have Boardwalk and Crinkle Cut. I just negotiated a price for Crinkle Cut fries for $10 a case if I signed a contract with them. I said, hey, let's do a contract. So I'm getting our Crinkle Cut French fries. Shipped in for ten dollars a box cheaper than by just signing a contract, but just uh, negotiation uh, is best uh, when it comes to that. Look at your margins. And make sure that you're actually making profit on the food that you sell. Um, look at uh, look at what your cooks are doing. How efficient are they back there when they're cooking the food? When they're prepping it? What? How much is how much is it going to waste? How much is you're actually uh, using? Can you? Use the same item in three different dishes. Try to make it, so when you're making up the menu, try to make something uh, more versatile so you don't have all these different items sitting in your, in your walk-in cooler or your freezer. Uh, that makes it harder on the cooks to get certain items. But I'd say just uh, have a little bit of faith, do a little bit of research, and uh, um, just, just be, mainly just be there for your employees uh, because your employees make you a good employer um as far as that goes the employees make your business i mean i'm not there all the time i'm flying some of the time so i have to trust my employees 
in a way to be the face of my business, to be there and make those decisions, especially Brian, my general manager. Um, he, I, I told him like, dude, this is your bar. Treat it like it, like you own it. Um, so he does a good job of doing that. But, uh, another thing is it's great being in 2020, um, because of the technology. I can run the entire business just off of my cell phone and I can, uh, you can log in remotely to your, my POS. I have that security cameras I can look at remotely, um, alarm system company. I can set and disarm the alarm remotely, just stuff like that. It just makes life so much simpler. So, um, keep it simple, stupid, your kiss method. Uh, that's pretty much my advice for someone who's just trying to start up and get into it because I'm still learning something new every day. And I will 10 years from now be learning something new every day. Absolutely. And that's, that's a good skill set and a good mindset to have is that you continuously learn and better yourself and better the business. Thank you. And you mentioned that 2020, the year of technology and advancement, how does social media impact Johnny's Tavern? Man, oh man, Ooh, it's volatile. <laughs> social media <laughs> is volatile. It's crazy. How many people you can reach with just Facebook. Um, we've got, I got Facebook and I've got, uh, the Instagram accounts for Johnny's Tavern. I'm more on social on Facebook than Instagram, but, uh, man, oh man, to get news out there of changing happenings. Uh, I mean, I just made a post today, uh, talking about the NFL and it has gone halfway viral for the area around here. And I didn't expect for it to go viral. Um, but uh, some good and some bad part of it. A lot of people don't understand what I'm trying to get at. Um, but I'll just tell you guys this. You can edit it out if you wish. But um, <laughs> so I am my father, myself, Brian, the manager, all the managers, we all came together. We're, we're cutting NFL out of the restaurant. We don't want to be part of it anymore just because of what's going on with everything. It has nothing to do with racism. And we are just, just decided to just – back out of NFL. I mean, DirecTV wanted so much money for that. Um, was it the red ticket or the Sunday ticket? Uh, so red zone Sunday ticket. Yeah. 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 That stuff. So they wanted so much money and, uh, I'm like, no, I'm not going to, I'm just going to save my money this year. I'm just going to get rid of NFL completely. And so, uh, I made that post today and people were taking it in every which way. And I'm like, dude, like this is not what I wanted to do with this. <laughs> I'm just, so, yeah, so social media really has a volatile impact on business. Some, uh, uh, and, and that's where I post all my happenings, though. But all my events go on there, all the happenings, all the updates, the menus on there. You can pretty much find anything you want via Facebook or Johnny's Tavern MD.com. That's our new website. We're just trying to, we just got up and going the uh, last month and we're trying to tweak it, and make it a little more, uh, a little better for people. Are you a, a Ravens fan then or no? All right. Another odd answer here. Uh, I'm a whatever's kind of fan because uh, I just, I don't, I don't watch sports. I'm not a sports guy. Oddly enough. I know a lot of guys are crazy about it, but I don't, I just don't, I don't have time to watch sports in my busy life. I just kind of, um, I mean, if I'm sitting around my, uh, my buddy's house or having a few beers, sure. I'll watch a game that's on TV. Not a problem. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't have any favorites. I don't have any memorabilia or any kind of crazy, uh, colors to represent the teams. I'm just kind of very neutral when it comes to, um, baseball, football, hockey, soccer. Now I will go watch a good hockey game though. So a lot more fun there, in my opinion, but you just got uh Frankie really excited. He's a big hockey guy. Yeah. <laughs> Love hockey. Oh yeah. Who's your team? Uh, I'm from Michigan, so Detroit's my team. Okay. And uh, a couple of years back, they put in a Little Caesars Arena, LCA. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we went from Joe Louis Arena to LCA, and uh, it's it's pretty awesome. I've been there a handful of times, and state of the art, you know, jumbotron, the seats light up. Well, I guess not the seats, but the you know, like the uh, mm -hmm. the rafters, like the I don't even, the auxiliary design. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the whole whole system is just, it's really cool and it's all in sync. So when you go to a game and someone makes a three-pointer because the Pistons play there too, or nice. a goal scored, the whole arena lights up and uh, the yeah. in-person feel of a hockey game is just unparalleled in my opinion. 
That's sick. That's awesome. I'm going to have to try that out, man. That's cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. LC is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I go up to Philadelphia sometimes for the Flyers. Right on. They're actually doing really good this year. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, like I said, I, I do follow a little bit of hockey when I can, but as far as football and all the other stuff, the names stuff, I just I'm just like yeah, I don't have time to keep up with anything, so I just kind of I step back and <laughs> just stay neutral. Would you say that you're in the minority for uh, Maryland? You know, in terms of who's uh, a big sports a big sports uh, state and Baltimore specifically. Oh yeah, me personally, I'm, I'm absolutely a minority. Like yeah, everyone I talk to, my friends, they're all crazy about the um, Ravens mainly. Um, every now and then we had a couple Redskins fans uh, that will pop up, but uh, but yeah, mainly there were uh, uh, the Ravens guys. I would always have to sit around and and have to bow down to their Sunday habits of sitting back and watching a game at two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> right, yeah. probably hear uh, Lamar Jackson's name about every ten minutes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're not going to be the Redskins for much longer. Yeah, nope. that is true. Actually, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with all that. Like I said, I'm just, I'm not even following it. I just, just down. <laughs> so it's right, good. right. Yeah, they, they actually just changed the name today to Washington Football Team until really? um they get like a name in place. Really? So pretty, pretty crazy there. Dang, dang. Okay, so very general, neutral kind of Washington blah blah is football team. Okay. Yeah, right. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Gotcha. What uh, what experiences do you take from aviation, and uh, those past experiences do you draw on now that you're uh, owner of a bar? Oh, good question. Good question. So, I know what I've I know what I've done to take the aviation and try to put it into a bar, um, a restaurant. As far as like I said, standardization, organization, trying to hold people accountable for what their work. Trying to make everything efficient, streamlined, and uh, cut the calls back. But aviation number one is safety. We're we're founded on safety. Uh, I've always asked my kitchen help in the back, or even the bar bar help, the waiter, waiters, waitresses out front. Hey, what do you guys need? What do you what what can I what can I buy you? What do you need in this kitchen to make your life easier? What do you need to make it safer? What what where do we need? Where, where are we at? Are we at the best. As far as safety, or are we mediocre? Because mediocre, I, I want to be at the best. Because aviation, we are, we train to be the best. Uh, we we go to training every six months, as far as what I do, uh, and airlines as well. Every six months, we get thrown in the simulator, and we get things that fail and break on us all the time. So whenever something happens in the real world, we're prepared for it. We've seen it, and it's we're safe with it. So um, yeah, as far as the kitchen, make sure they're safe. Make sure they got all the tools and um, things that are uh, properly needed as far as health code violation or health code um, standards so we don't get a violation. That's awesome that you uh, put safety first. Absolutely. All the time. Thank you. So uh, you own uh, Johnny's Tavern now. Do you have any plans in the future to maybe open up another restaurant, start another business, anything along those lines? You know what's funny? Uh, I We've, dad, my father and I, so dad is a, uh, he's more of a private investor. He's, he'll come in, have a beer, have have a couple of plates of food, and uh, and he'll be in the shadows and someone who I can lean on as far as the business and uh, and try to uh, get experience from and lessons from. But I'm pretty much calling the shots uh, at Johnny's, and I'm pretty enough. I got my plate full, so <laughs> I'm probably going to be sticking with Johnny's until I'm ready to sell it or. Uh, do something else with it, but and then I'll go to another job or another um, buy a business or do something of that nature next. But yeah, I don't think anytime soon anything's going to happen. Uh, we still got another couple months to go get us out of this away from COVID as best we can, so we can actually be a hundred percent running restaurant again. Right. Yeah. The COVID's been uh, throwing a wrench in everything lately. What are the uh, What are the regulations in place in Maryland for you know COVID and social distancing and stuff like that? Yeah. So distancing, obviously, fifty uh, percent capacity per the fire marshal code. So we're allowed two hundred ten people per the fire marshal code. So one hundred five people is what we're allowed, and we got one hundred twenty five seats available. So we're almost there. Um, 
as far as if we had a packed house, but we got a couple of booths. We have to go every other booth, uh, stuff like that. Um, but I did elect to take uh, chairs and set them up at the bar area. And the bar is shaped, the bar is a rectangle, the big rectangle. Um, and so uh, we, I put two and then six feet and then two and six feet and two. Just because if you're going to be rolling up there with your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, a date, then you want to sit, you want to sit together. You want to sit six feet away. And if you have more people come in, we just, we throw a bunch of seats together and they can sit together at the bar. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what's going on over here. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty, pretty right in line with how we are in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there are some regulations where it's like, you can't have a party more than eight people, I believe. Six yeah. Or, yeah. It's six or eight and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's 10 here still. Don't hold me to that, but I think it's no gatherings or no social gatherings more than 10 people. Stuff like that, no events. Um, yeah, they've actually started putting more restrictions on again, starting uh, as of today, actually, at 6 p.m. Um, anywhere you go, no matter where you're at, if you're outside, you're supposed to be wearing a mask. Uh, even outside? Uh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're walking down your block, I'm sure you're fine, but, you know, anywhere in a uh, urban area you have to uh, wear a mask. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, I did forget about the mask thing. Yeah, up here it's, uh, in Maryland, it's masks. You have to wear a mask to enter the building in a restaurant, and then once you sit down, you can take it back off, which, I mean, the ser- and then obviously the servers would have to wear the mask at all times. But I'm personally, I mean, it's just my personal opinion, I'm not for the mask just because I haven't seen enough data that shows where it's actually working. Um, as that's what they say. I've seen a lot of conflicting information, not saying it does work or doesn't. Obviously it's a controversial subject, but, um, I've told my kitchen staff as well. Um, I was like, guys, look, you guys, if you start feeling dizzy, walk outside, take a breather. I don't want anybody being hurt. Um, and then, I know another thing I want to make note of since this podcast is going out to everyone in the U.S. um, all over the place that check with your workers' compensation um, on your insurance. I know I did, and uh, my workers' comp basically uh, I asked them if we're covered under workers' comp if an employee happens to pass out due to having a mask on or something like that because of a mandated executive order. So. My so check with your workers' comp. Uh, everyone's different, so just want to seek out all those different areas. So I I did reach out to mine, and it's been uh, they basically told me, hey, yeah, we don't really know. I'm kind of in a gray area there. I'm still researching best I can, but uh, but yeah. So um, but yeah, the mask I got to come on uh, to walk to the table and then take them back off, and then obviously Walmart, any public area store like that, you have to have them on. From this conversation. Um... Just from, you know, what, what we've been talking about, you know, looking at executive orders, research, how to cut costs, mm-hmm. and the fact that, you know, you were, you were in, you are still in aviation, but that's like your background. Mm-hmm. Um, your attention to detail seems immaculate because you're thinking of stuff ahead of time and you're paying close attention to it. What is, like, how does somebody improve that attention to detail? That's something that I've been personally trying to work on. It's the way I'm wired. Uh, so, for example... When even before you start an airplane up, you do a pre-flight. You sit there, you get the weather, you get the performance, you get the weight and balance. You check the airplane out before you even start up. Make sure it's, the airplane's even airworthy. You have to make sure you're legal to fly it. You make sure the airplane's legal to fly. Um, all the documentation. So automatically, when I'm rolling up to an airport, I'm looking at the windsock. Even though I haven't looked at the uh, at the weather, I'm looking at which way the windsock's blowing, so I know which which way I'm going to take off. It's always going to be into the wind. So it's free it, to me, I'm wired that way because of aviation has made me. I've immersed myself in this industry. Uh, when you're flying, going dead, I'm blasting through the air at 455 knots in the Learjet at 40 some thousand feet strapped to a, uh, inside a metal tube, uh, the, the outer limits of the atmosphere. It's great. And you have to think 200 miles ahead, 300 miles ahead before you get your destination. What's my weather? What room are we using? How's the passengers in the back? Are they too hot or too cold? Um, that's what has been, that's what's going through my mind at all times. And I'll be the first to admit, I have ADD. So I've been diagnosed with it. And uh, 
when I was young, I did the whole Adderall Ritalin thing, tried it out. But as I got older, I realized I can't be doing that with my aviation job. So I'm, I've cut that out when I was a, uh, a teenager as far as the, uh, as, as far as the medicine, but, but always looking ahead, thinking about what's the next best thing. What's going to happen if, what was the worst case scenario if, um, I'm always asking myself those questions and obviously my brain's supercharged because of ADD. So it's constantly, um, turned on to those type of questions. And I'm always asking myself that kind of stuff. I would, uh, like I said, the best advice, I mean, is right there. Uh, I can't really put it into words what the best advice would be as far as someone to train themselves to think ahead. Um, but I just know what for me in my industry, it's trained me to do that. I automatically do that just as, and it's, I formed it into my life and my, uh, my style and how I go about every day. That's great. Thanks. It's, it's yeah. ironic that ADD stands for attention deficit disorder, but from talking with you, it really doesn't see, it seems like the opposite. Like you're, you're able to focus on forethinking those small details that most people, uh, most people would probably overlook. So I just thought that was kind of ironic. Thank you. Thank you. I, I something, uh, a man told me one time, one of the uh, doctor I was going to, he said, uh, Michael Jordan, actually, um, he said his diagnosed and had EDD. Michael Jordan was able, was obviously the greatest basketball player everyone knows. So, he can, Michael Jordan was able to watch the shot clock. He was able to watch his teammate, watch his coach, watch out for his players and shoot the ball and know where the basket is all at the same time because the brain is so supercharged thinking of the next best thing. I mean, when I'm in, in the morning and once I get a cup of coffee and they get me going, uh, I can, I'm sitting in the office in the back of Johnny's and I'll start six different things at one time. I'll start, uh, I'll start uh, looking at the proceeds the night before, checking the email, looking at the orders, uh, consolidating a checkbook with the checks that are out written out to all my, uh, all my distributors. And then I'll go back to looking at my email and then I'll go back to look at the proceeds. But at the end of that morning though, everything's done, even though I start six things at one time. It's kind of weird to explain that. And some people are, it's hard for them to grasp that. Like, wait, how do you do that? But it's just the way ADD works is your brain is that far supercharged. And that allows me to think that far much more ahead. But um, like I said, it, and sometimes it has its fallbacks as well to it, like anything. I mean, you have to give and take. Right. It seems like you use it to your advantage as much as you can, though. Yeah. And um, this this is a little bit off topic, but you're talking about planes and aviation. Have you ever been skydiving? Yes, I have. I jumped out of a perfectly good airplane twice. And, and how did you like that? It was a blast. That was, it was cool. Blast of air, uh, really. So it's just like a big fan in your face for about 45 seconds as you pre-fall from somewhere between 10 to 13,000 feet. And uh, next thing you know, you're, you, you get stopped by a a sudden stoppage of a parachute you look up and you're like oh i get to live today <laughs> so and then you nice and easily float down the remaining four thousand feet down to the mother earth and uh i don't know they they, they say they say you got to catch the earth because it's the bounce that that hurts you so i don't know i don't know how true that is but now we, we landed pretty pretty good both times and i grabbed the earth and i'm like yeah this is this is fun but i really wouldn't make it a hobby skydiving gotcha it's it's funny that you mentioned that because i actually went skydiving about uh four or five years ago yeah. and to me free falling was super fun but once i pulled the parachute and you looked down i was like yeah this is this is a little nerve-wracking mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yep yep that's it that's pretty much the same thing the, <laughs> yeah. the uh the guy i went with he was like oh you can loosen up your uh, harness if you want like right after we we were like oh, yeah. midair i'm like yeah i'm good on that yeah you <laughs> Yep, he does the same thing to me too. Yep, he starts loosening your legs up a little bit. You're like, oh, whoa, 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 stop. <laughs> <laughs> the ride hasn't ended yet, no. Yeah, I'm like, I'm good. It can be as tight. It's, this tight is fine. This tight is fine. <laughs> yeah. That's that's wild, Joey. I actually did not know that you've been skydiving. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, yeah, it was a great time, man. <laughs> that's that's I would, so scary. I would go again, but as Hunter said, I don't know if I'd, I'd make it a hobby. So that's a pretty thrill-seeking thing, and we usually ask our guests, you know, what is the most thrill-seeking thing? Do you have anything that can top that? So skydiving? 
Ooh. Yeah. Man, thrill seeking. <laughs> oh Lord. You guys were on the spot on that one. Yeah. Um I'm not much of a risk taker as far as that because I do value my job and my life and uh and I've never had a broken bone. That's a kind of a random fact that no one knows about me, but never had a broken bone in my life. Um but uh I don't plan on getting any, so not <laughs> no risk taker thrill seekers, but um yeah, I'm starting to get into uh I guess the next thrill seeking thing for me in the near future is uh I'm looking at uh getting into some little bit of sports cars or um street rod cars and some drag racing pretty soon with those cars. So I'm looking at a nineteen fifty four Chevy Bel Air that I'm fixing up and uh gonna try to make it mine and run down the track a little bit. Just something something fun, something to tinker with. So that should be a good thrill seeking thing. Oh yeah, that's a really nice car too, man. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be good. Uh, yeah, Michael project. Awesome. So uh I haven't been to Maryland, so what what's your favorite hometown restaurant in Baltimore or just anywhere in Maryland that you like to go if you're not at uh Johnny's Tavern? Oh, my favorite one is Mojo's and Salisbury. Gotta give a shout out to Mojo's. They've got awesome food every time I go. And they've got something that, and I really would love to do this at Johnny's, but I just haven't sat down and had the time to do this. But they have something called a shot card. And they have got, I think, 25 or 30 different shots on that card that you can do. And yeah, obviously, each one's different. So you go down there, and uh, they save your card. And you go there, and they kind of see a shot card. And as you go down there and you try these different shots, they punch a hole in the card. And when you get all 25 or 30 shots done, they'll staple it up to the ceiling. So it's kind of cool, something to do. It's kind of like a challenge thing. But um, yeah, shout out to Mojo's for sure. They are they've really got some awesome uh, awesome stuff going on down there. That shot card sounds pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. that that'd be a fun thing to do on like a, a Saturday. Yeah, just finish yeah. the whole card. Oh, absolutely. yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. They might kick you out there for overconsumption. <laughs> right. But uh, uh, yeah. no, that's cool. That's little uh unique aspect i've never heard of anybody doing that before no, for a bar. i just gave out their secret i guess too so uh <laughs> <laughs> but little promotional stuff like that too um kind of a cool thing to throw aviation into the mix when i'm on the road and i'm gone i call it when i'm on the road so i could be anywhere in the in the united states so i just spent a week last week in salt lake city and next week i'll be spending a whole week out in palm spring california so I'll be going around to the local bars, local restaurants, and I'm trying out the food. I'm seeing what kind of promotional stuff they're doing. And then if I like it, and I normally bring, I kind of steal it and put a twist on it, and then I'll bring it back to Johnny's and I'll throw it out there and see if people like it or not, or if it works out to get people in the restaurant. So that's kind of a kind of cool. Um, I'm learning. It's kind of learn as you go. You fly to all these different places. When you're flying um, people, can you go You go anywhere in the United States? It doesn't matter if it's from Maryland to Ohio to well, California. Yeah, yeah we, normally, we normally burn up and down the East Coast. We'll go down to, uh, to uh, Florida, South Florida, and then we'll come back up towards the Philly area. Every now and then we'll head up northeast up to Boston. And then a couple times a year we'll go out to uh, Salt Lake or out there to California and whatnot. But um, we mostly do the private stuff, the charter. Charter flying is a different kind of uh, – uh, type aviation I did do previously, but you really, you really never know where you're going to end up for charter. Um, I could start my morning in Maryland, and then I could have my evening. I'll be sleeping up in uh, um, Ohio somewhere, and then wake up the next morning and go and spend the night up in uh, Colorado and Texas and the next night. So you just never know where charter life really is going to take you, and you're going to end up. So um, what I do normally is I just try to find TripAdvisor.com, find the, like the top 10 restaurants, and I'll try to pick a bar, grill, something like that, something that looks like Johnny's, and I'll just kind of go and see what the service is like, and I'll, I'll drop a review or something like that, too. That's awesome. So if you're going to all these different places, um, what type of plane or planes do you have, and are they able to make it in uh, one trip, or do you generally have to stop to gas up? Yeah, well, um, it all depends. Uh, Lear 45, we're, we can normally make it from Delaware. We definitely do Florida. We can go anywhere up in Maine, up to Maine. But going westbound, we can make it to Lincoln, Nebraska, and get fuel. 
um, refuel there to make it out to uh, Salt Lake City. Um, if you're going to California, we got to make two fuel stops. It's just like we're the mid-sized jet, eight passengers comfortably. The ninth one is a toilet, a belted toilet seat, so it's legal. But I don't encourage that toilet seat to be the the ninth guy to be sitting on it. So um, we we try to have fun with the job, and uh, uh, we do it obviously safe as possible. Um, but yeah, well, Lear 45 is a Bombardier product. They, they did really well with it. So, Where's one place that you've been that uh, you think is pretty underrated? Well, in so many places, man. It's just hard to pull one out of the hat. I will tell you this. You know, my, all, my, my most favorite place, a couple favorites. One's Bermuda because you get to drive on the left-hand side of the street and rent a scooter. Um, <laughs> Cuba is hands down number one place on my list of places to go because it is so un-Americanized and untouched. Um, it's stuck in 1959 when the revolution was. And it's really cool um, to see all the old cars and all the just the genuine Cuban architecture and food. And it's just, it's wild. So I did do that. I was very fortunate to go on a trip two, three, three years ago with my current boss now and his family. So that was kind of a, a really cool place to be at. How is the uh, culture in Bermuda? Cause I know it's a, it's off the coast, like Southeast of you guys, right? Yeah. 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 South. Uh, yeah. Southeast from us. Yeah. Straight out. Is it more like American base or more like Cuba, like Cuba British. or British. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, the that makes sense with the whole driving on the left-hand side of the road. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. Food wise, you might need a little salt and pepper, um, but it's okay. It's doable. Pick a couple, couple good restaurants, and and you could probably get there in uh, one flight as well, right? Yeah, I mean yeah. you kind of have to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some many options of stopping, uh, that's for sure. But it's kind of an eerie thing for me, just because I ha- we don't we don't go overseas. We don't go over. Um, I haven't now had experience going over to Europe or going uh, uh, anywhere in South America or anything. So we, I just stick with the mid-size airplanes because it's four-hour legs at the max. Um, Bermuda is like an hour and 45 minutes. And uh, the, the eerie thing for me is looking out and seeing nothing but water for 150, 200 miles in a complete circle around you. Kind of an eerie thing. <laughs> Saying like, uh, do I really have to use that life raft in the back maybe, essentially? Now it, it's pretty safe. Uh, like I said, we're, we got two engines. If one happens to have to spit, uh, spit out something bad, parts, we have to shut it down. We can definitely coast back into the U.S. and it's great. It's a safe plane. That's sweet. Yeah. Why do you think uh, New Market, you know, where Johnny's Tavern is located, East New Market? Why do you think that is a great home for your establishment? We are central to the county, Dorchester County. We are right in the middle of the county and we are one of the only bars that's open until 2 a.m in the morning on fridays and saturday nights so when all the other local bars from cambridge's cambridge is the closest um uh, major or not major but bigger um metropolis that the bars down there they'll close down at like 10 11 o'clock so people still want to party they still are thirsty and they want to come drink and uh so they come into Johnny's and we're centralized. So obviously it's not always, it's not too, too far for them to drive back home or get a DD because of course I never promote drunk, drunk driving. So, uh, <laughs> we, we, uh, we're right there in the middle and, uh, it's been, it's just a good central location. Right on. And could you see Johnny's Tavern, uh, maybe expanding or if you guys like had to relocate somewhere, do you think it would be as successful if you were in say New York or Toronto or Florida? Yeah, that's a really good question. I've never really had that question. I've thought about that out um, before, but yeah, I think we could because we could take the recipes, we could take the staff with me if they would go travel, but we could go to other states. But uh, to be able to have that Maryland style food in a different location outside of Maryland or up at like if we went to New York or went down to South Carolina or something like that, I think people down there will be like, wow, this food is really Mar- uh, Maryland crab cakes. This is really Maryland crab balls. This is awesome. Uh, I think that might be able to 
dot to dominate. Yeah, that's like that's where my thought process was when I asked that question, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you know there's really nothing in Ohio or Michigan or really like the Midwest that mm-hmm. I've seen where you can you know you can get fresh crab, you can get uh, crab cakes on top of your sandwich mm-hmm. or like with your sandwich on top mm-hmm. of chicken breast and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's a pretty unique menu. Yeah, they might they might say it's fresh, but eh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's been probably pre uh, frozen and uh, hydrovax. Yeah, it's been it's been shipped around a little ways. What is your process for getting seafood? Uh, we have a seafood distributor um, that uh, we we have a local guy that has crab meat. Uh, I'll give him a shout out, James Clayton. We've been with them since we started. They've been awesome to us. They give us great prices on crab meat. Um, the lump backfin uh, crab meat is pretty good. So uh, yeah, so we get crab meat from them. We'll get soft crabs from another uh, local distributor. We'll get uh, uh, clam strips and shrimp and stuff from another place uh, south from us, down towards Virginia. So it's kind of a couple different, uh, couple different areas, um, couple different companies, just to share the love, I guess. Because I like having options. I like if someone doesn't have something or they're out as a distributor, I can call another one and they might have it in stock. So I don't like, I never like being in a pinch or never like being jammed up and not having, um, and the term of the restaurant industry is being 86 on an item, which means you're out of that food stock. You mentioned earlier that um, you don't mind negotiating. You don't. You don't mind playing a little hardball yeah. when uh, setting up contracts with distributors. Sure. I think that's starting to be a, a more of a lost skill. And where's your? Uh, I guess. I guess. How did you find out that you were good at negotiating? Just by just by doing it. Just by going out there. Um, and, and there's a book, uh, Art, Art, Art of the Deal. Highly recommend reading that book. That will open your eyes up to a lot of negotiating deals and basically how to be in charge and dominate because there's, there's always, I mean, you have to choose people. Um, one wants something and the other one has uh, something that, that they want to give you um, or they want to get rid of. So you have to be the dominating in charge um, person in a negotiation. Um, always be thinking ahead, always have a couple of outs uh, in a negotiation. And then the best thing is never be scared to walk away. Um, that's the hardest thing uh, is sometimes is just to say, oh, sorry, we're too far apart. Or no, that's not my terms um, to, uh, to be able to walk away instead of bending even more towards the terms of the other person. That's not your favor. Okay. And do you, when you go into a deal, do you, uh, do you look at, I guess, do you look at the logistics behind it and you say, all right, on the, in this deal, I want, I want to take part of the pie or you're like, all right, I want to expand the pie or something like that. Is there different mindsets that you go into different deals with? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, okay. how, how bad do I want it? How bad do I need it? Like I said, the wants and the needs are two different things. So right there, do I need something? Do I need to buy a new piece of equipment for the, uh, the kitchen or do I want to buy a new one? Um, obviously I'm looking at logistics and feasibility. Like I can sit back if, if it's, if I want it, but they don't need it in the kitchen, as far as an appliance or something, uh, then if I just want it, then I can sit and wait for a lower price, or I can sit and be able to walk away from the table, from the negotiation table, a lot easier um, than the needs. I think that's something in today's society that a lot of people use interchangeably, um, just by mistake, really, is wants and needs. Mm-hmm. That's correct. That is correct. What is your favorite part about owning Johnny's Tavern? Oh man, <laughs> I try to be honest with you. What I try to do is I, I try to blend in as best as possible. It's hard to because I live <laughs> on the peninsula and everyone now knows me and knows us as far as the as the owners of Johnny's. But when I'm in there, I'm just, I try to blend in as a young kid that doesn't know anything. You know, I just try to sit back and see what happens and let it, let the place run itself. Um, but I like I like being uh, I like being able to be an employer. I like people being able to look up to me and me being a leader to them instead of just being a follower and, and doing something else and going along with uh, whatever I'm saying. But that's the main thing for me. I like I, I enjoy being a leader and trying to set a good example for 
my employees, for my patrons, for um, others that the first time visitors, the Johnnies, I want them to have a good experience in there for the first time. So they come back for the second and third and fourth and they tell their friends and family about it. And so, uh, so yeah, so I just like, I like leading the way. That's the best part of, uh, of having ownership of a restaurant. Yeah, you said sitting back and uh, blending in and then, you know, just watching the operations, yeah. uh, you know, in place, just take fold. That reminds me of, you know, when you're in elementary school or high school, when the principal comes in to, uh, you know, review the class and the teacher's always like, all right, everyone, be on your best behavior. I'm about to get about to get graded by my superior, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yep. Good analogy. So on the flip on the flip side of that, so you, you love being a leader and you sound like you're a great employer, take care of your, your staff and every every patron that walks in. What is the what is the most challenging part or your least favorite part? Being able to train a human being to uh, getting rid of their bad habits sometimes. For example, like if, if we get a prep person or a cook coming in, I mean, I've hired a couple of cooks since then, um, just expanding cooks. Uh, I've hired one or two and being able to change a human nature a human habit from what they formed at the other place of something that for something better for us, um, say they're doing it wrong or say they're doing it not efficiently or not or inconsistently at their former place of employment to be able to change a human being and their habit to to what we need them to do you can show a person all day long um but being able to uh, to get the correlation of learning to across it's, it's kind of the toughest thing um being able to call the shots when you're not around <laughs> that's kind of a challenging thing too um like i said i can run everything on the phone and uh and brian uh he's my general manager from i'll let him make most of the decisions but more the executive decisions and as far as logistics and expenses and stuff i have to make those so when i'm away on the road it's tough to sometimes be able to have all the tools in my tool bag with me on the road to be able to make it a good smart decision for the company. Right. That's fair. That's just one of those things that uh, technology just, it's, it hasn't caught up yet. Right. Where you can do all of the, you can make all the logistical decisions on your phone or right. from your laptop, but you don't have that, that human interaction. You don't have that atmosphere right. um, when making the decisions. You're not there physically. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll get to the point one day, I think where that, that'll be resolved somehow. I don't know how, yeah. but it'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. You've been in the industry for a, w- a little while now. Um, what, what would you say is the best piece of advice that you were given? I kind of followed in suit, man. I'll be honest with you. I just kind of followed in suit and trying to, uh, trying to uh, just do the best I can to please everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, there's no saying to really go along with that. Um, there's uh I don't know. It's just kind of the instinct. Kind of, you just got to feel people out. You got to be able to, uh, to, uh, I don't know, just kind of make it happen. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, the best best way to learn is by doing it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's, yeah. that's fine. So this this little off topic question, but has there any been has there been any ghost stories, or do you have any ghost stories about uh, Johnny Savern? No, I don't. I told you it's boring, man. Pretty no, I'm not boring. But no, there's no uh, no ghost stories of Johnny's Tavern. Um, there's uh, I've heard the history of the place. I've heard where the bar was relocated. Um, a family used to live in the where the kitchen is now. It used to be the living quarters, and the front of the uh, restaurant was the bar itself. So I've heard all these different changes throughout the years of what this place has formed into. Um, and mind you, next year is our 50th anniversary since Johnny started back in 1971. So that's kind of cool, kind of gearing up for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so no weird stories, no ghosts or anything. I haven't gone in there at nighttime and seen anything crazy or something happens yet. So I'm hoping it stays that way because I, I'm not a ghost person. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully we didn't uh, just jinx you. No, <laughs> not, man. That would be something. <laughs> Do you have any plans for uh, the 50th anniversary? Um, right now, I'm just, I'm, I'm talking to one of my t-shirt designers. Um, we're getting some t-shirts made up. 
uh, something kind of cool, something different. Um, but we're going to, like I said, next year, God willing, we have the car show. We're able to do the 50th anniversary all next year. Um, being able to do a couple parties, a couple customer appreciations and stuff like that. So um, nothing really solid. I'm um, just kind of shooting spitballing ideas and accepting spitball ideas from other people. So <laughs> we'll see what sticks on the wall. For sure. Do you have a hangover recipe? Mm, greasy food. <laughs> greasy food. <laughs> there we go. I, no, it's not really. Uh-uh. I, uh, a lot of water and some greasy food, and normally that just gets me going uh, the next morning. Um, but, yeah, not, I can't help you much there unless you have one you want to give me, so help me out. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's about what i do too water and a burger from somewhere yep, yep exactly okay we're on the same page then <laughs> probably some pedialyte that's the only other thing uh, i would add in there yeah i've heard i've heard yeah pedialyte get, get the electrolytes back mm-hmm. cool <laughs> all right well we're gonna start uh winding it down here so my last question to you is um how much time do you spend at johnny's tavern you know obviously you know you work a lot and you travel but um on a given week what, what would you say how long do you spend there uh with the aviation job and the Lear 45 i have no set schedule so i'm not on call every okay. day but i normally know i have trips coming up with a couple three or four days in advance at the earliest um so i can somewhat plan a life as far as johnny's i'm in there every day except right now mondays and tuesdays were closed i normally hop in on monday i'll take care of all of the computers uh, and POS systems. Um, Tuesdays, I am starting to make it mandatory that my kitchen staff comes in and cleans and just to try to do any kind of repairs necessary. I'd say, like I said, I'm in there every day that I'm home in the mornings before you open just to get everything ready, make sure everything's in, in, in order, in line. Man, I'll be honest with you, probably about, let's say about 15 hours a week um, just as far as work. And then obviously I'll come by there. I'll, I'll grab lunch there sometimes, or I'll go to another local restaurant and I'll patronize them um, and kind of see what, what they're up to. But I'd say somewhere between 15 to 20 hours a week, maybe. Nice. nice. So as we wrap up, do you have any questions for us? <laughs> no, you guys have been great. It's been awesome. Yeah. So hold on. Yeah. So we do have the question. How did you, and I think I asked uh, one of you guys before, but uh, I think I asked Frank, but what, yep. uh, how did you find Johnny's Tavern? So Johnny's Tavern, I was, I was looking through um, some of like the top bars at, like in each state because obviously COVID, we can no longer visit them in person. So we've, uh, we've been starting to do remote podcasts digitally. And I was just looking up like just some of the top bars in uh, each state. And I came across Johnny's Tavern. That's really cool. Good stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. <laughs> and by the time this is all over, we have a pretty, uh, pretty long road trip ahead of us from Toronto to Montreal to uh, <laughs> all, all around Michigan, Ohio, and uh, San Maryland, Francisco. San Francisco. So Maryland, yeah. we're, we're eventually going to make it out to every place we've uh, had a podcast with here in the next, you know, year or two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I can't wait till you guys come to Eastern Shore. I'll be sure to show you a good time. Um, if you time it just right, uh, definitely come during the summertime or spring or fall. Don't let, it get, don't let it get too, too cold because things around here tend to shut down. and There's not too much to do when it gets cold around here. So, Do, do you guys get a lot of snow being so close to the ocean? Uh, it depends. In the, past, in the recent five years, there's been a decline of snow. Um, probably on average, we'll get about five inches a year, four inches. This past Two winters were actually really mild. We had like a dusting this past year. So it was nice because, I mean, I don't mind the cold, but when it's that white stuff starts falling from the sky, it just becomes miserable. (laughs) Uh, At least around here. I like to play in the white stuff out there in Colorado. I'll take a snowmobile, go up in the mountains and have some fun with some friends and try to find the deepest, nastiest places you can find the snow and have some fun in it. But as far as home, getting around is kind of a pain. <laughs> so yeah. understandable, yeah. We we have a few snowmobiles as well, so yeah. it, I love snowmobiling. Dude, it's awesome stuff. Absolutely. Are you native to Maryland? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've never been to Maryland, so uh, yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to show me the ropes there. Absolutely. Yeah. Look forward to it. Now, I will definitely. 
definitely will. Uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be awesome. Yeah, my boat, my water, my plane, and air. It's up to you guys. Whatever you want to do, I'll be more, more than happy to show you around for sure. Oh, yeah. No, then we can go skydiving after. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> right there in Ocean City, Maryland, there's a huge you know, skydive center right there. So, absolutely. We can make it happen. Sweet. Thank you, Hunter. It's been great having you on the show. Um, can't wait to come see you. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you on social media and your website? Yes, yeah, so social media. You've got Johnny's Tavern in East New Market, Maryland. Um, as far as Facebook, Instagram is at Johnny's Tavern MD. And same thing with our website, johnnysavernmd.com. And go ahead and, uh, like I said, give us a like, give us a review if you visit the place. And, uh, to seeing new faces in there. Awesome. Thank you, Johnny. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. All right, After Hours Nation, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to stay updated, you can check out our site at afterhourscast.com. Don't forget to tune in next Tuesday morning for our next episode. After Hours Nation, stay thirsty, my friends.